Aloha Kako. Welcome to the Menehune Podcast. In today's episode, we talk story with Colleen Morello. She is a purple belt training under her father, Professor Alan Morello, out of Bushido MMA in Portsmouth, Virginia. Menehune Podcast is brought to you by the Firma Fit, Menehune Soaps, Be As Fresh As The Island Breeze, and our friends, Nothing's Off The Table Podcast. Go ahead and check them out. Enjoy the show. So, um, pretty much I started training with my dad when I turned six. Um, at the time, like the kids class, you had to be seven to do it. And I was like doing ballet and tap, uh, with, for my mom. And I- Oh God, you was using ballet. Yes. I was, a, I was a ballerina, um, <laughs> a tutu and everything with the, the yeah. legging thing. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> yes. So I I begged my dad to let me start training and he let me start the kids class a year early when I was six and I was training with my brother and my grandpa, you know, per usual. And uh, I've been in love with it ever since then. Awesome. So your grandpa is what, 74, 74 and he's, and he's a black belt, man. That that's, that's amazing. You come from a long line of um, jiu-jitsu family. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. He was my dad's very first student when we opened up Bushido uh, 15 years ago. So. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Nice. And this whole time I thought Ricardo was. (laughs) No, no, we, we had zero students and my dad was like, talking to his dad my grandpa and he says man i need it i need it to look like i have students will you please come train and my grandpa's 60 years old and he was like screw it so he started training <laughs> <laughs> that's that's super awesome um so i know you went to what chicago this year yep. chicago ibjjf open uh chicago yep. you took first place in your division and third in your in the absolute yes so um, tell me a little bit about that. How, how did you feel um, and all that good stuff? Well, um, right before Chicago, I was in D.C. And that was my, my first IBJJF uh, after recovering from my ACL surgery and everything. And I was a nervous wreck in D.C. And for some reason, when I was in Chicago, it was like a whole nother competitor. It was weird. I, I wasn't nervous. And. Uh, I felt great, actually. I I cut down some weight a little bit, and um, unfortunately, there wasn't anyone for me to roll with at the time, so I just went to heavyweight, and I felt good. I got to eat that morning, and I I, I felt totally different than any other tournament. I have no idea why. I just I just knew that you know I was going out there to do my best and have fun, and and I, and I won my first match um, for my weight class, and after that, I was like, man, this is awesome sign me up for absolute and uh i had um jessica buckman from uh, comfrito's academy in the absolute and i knew that she was probably the toughest one in that division um so i started thinking about that and like normally if i if i hear something about you know someone being in my division that's a you know previous champ or whatever i get extra nervous but i was like man i'm just gonna go in there and give it my best shot so i won my first match in absolute uh by ankle lock and then i had to fight jessica um right after that and went in there and she was so quick she um you know got the sweep and and beat me by points but i was really you know just happy with my performance and everything i uh 
I didn't get submitted that day. So that was, you know, one goal accomplished and I got one gold medal. So another goal accomplished and I had a ton of fun and learned a lot to help get ready for worlds. So it was a good day. That's awesome. You know, it's funny that you say that um, when we find out who's in our bracket and we realize, you know, it's a top competitor, competitor, how nervous we get. I think um, it was, I want to say beginning of this year when I did the, um, I did a super fight with uh, Miranda, the um, Miranda Maverick, Mm -hmm. the uh, Invicta MMA fighter. Yeah. And um, I kid you not, I psyched myself out before I even um, showed up. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a major like head game before you even start rolling. Yeah, I mean, it was, I I totally psyched myself out. Like, I got in there, I got in the cage, and I was already psyched out. I was just like, man, you know, this this girl's going to demolish me. And sure enough, (laughs) she picked me up put me down and uh one by armbar yeah. <laughs> yes. so yeah it's it's funny how uh how uh you know everybody we prepare so much leading to our tournaments leading to our fights and it's really you know 90 percent of it is really just a mental game yeah yeah, I think uh, what helped me most is like uh, when I was doing DC, I was getting ready for DC and I saw that um, the purple belt pants champ was the only person in my division. And I was like, man, I'm going to go into this tournament, my first tournament back, and I'm going to lose in front of all my teammates. And everyone was really excited to watch me. And my dad was like, man, Colleen, you deserve to be out there just as much as anyone else that signed up. So just because she won it this year, doesn't mean that she's unbeatable and and you have to realize that you know if you if you're putting in the time and you're putting in the work and you have the heart then you have just as much a chance to win as anyone else does you know so uh I think that really helped like understanding that it wasn't me versus the pans champ it was like two tough competitors that were going to try to win DC you know yeah that's that's one way to look at it yeah um Speaking of uh, Pan's champ, um, rumor has it that uh, you won uh, Pan's when you was 15 as a blue belt. Yeah, yeah. That was that was my first ever IBJJF tournament because at the time there was no kids tournaments. I think the kids nowadays are so lucky to have IBJJF for kids. But I had to wait till I was 15, and that was, that was my very first IBJJF. So, so how, how was that experience for you as a 15-year-old? It was insane. It was insane. I, my brother competed as well. And uh, we, you know, I was in school. So I had to wait. I couldn't fly out as early as my dad and my brother because I was still in school. So they flew out together. And I took my first plane ride by myself uh, with my, you know, my gi and my belt with my carry on. And I had like 100, uh, you know, 100 people probably stop and ask me, uh, how much I like to do karate because they saw my gi and uh, then I, I finally got to California and it was like so unreal the the you know pyramid was uh, huge and seeing how big the venue was you know I was used to like U.S. grappling in Naga <laughs> and to see this stadium with thousands of people in it and you know the refs and tuxedos and spotlights on the mat it was insane yeah this it's it's a whole different ball game 
Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I yeah, that's that's what I you know, that's what I keep hearing. So I I never you know, um we've been friends for a long time. Um, you know, I've mm-hmm. never been to any pans, never been to any worlds. Just you know, the IBJJF open. I'm I'm hoping to get to uh the old people world next year. I was planning on doing it this year, but you know, things happen, gained a yeah. lot of weight. I'm actually and it's funny you said a heavyweight because I'm actually in the open weight division now. Man, I really, yeah. I, I really hate the women's weight classes because too. Know, my uh, af- after I tore my ACL, I gained thirty pounds. I got up to like one seventy seven, mm-hmm. and that's that's like the unlimited weight class. And there, there are so many women out there that even if they're not out of shape, you know, like I didn't consider myself to be out of shape. Um, you know, there's there's just strong bigger women out there that are way heavier than 175 with a gi on you know so the fact that that's yeah. like the cap is it really like kind of sucks but um i i've been doing heavyweight uh the last couple tournaments i did medium heavy at worlds you know i, I was able to cut down and um get down to that but i was in middleweight before i tore my acl now i'm slowly but surely trying to work my way back down to that yeah oh. Yeah, I was I was in a lightweight before went into uh before I gained all my weight and stuff. I'm about one I'm about one sixty five now. So yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You go from one thirty five to one sixty five in a matter of months. It's it's crazy. But um speaking of the women's um weight classes and women's jujitsu in general, um, you know, because my feeling with the, the pay and more weight classes is uh I just feel like we should I think things would change if there was more women out there to actually sign up for these tournaments. Yeah, definitely. I mean the, you know. the pay you know, I've seen a lot of stuff on like some like the women's pages on Facebook and stuff like that of how people are saying stuff about, you know, the, the men's division, uh, you know, in the in the scenarios where they win money where mm-hmm. the men's division will, you know, uh, get more. But I, I think it's just based on the numbers. You know, like you said, if we had more women competing and, and training, then we would be able to, you know, get the higher prizes. But it makes sense, you know, as of right now, for the, the, the men's division typically has more competitors in it than the women's division. Therefore, it's going to be a tougher, you know, bracket to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's you know, it's funny because – you know, talking to all the um, other women that's been in the game for a long time, like um, Hannette Stack, you know, she was saying when she got started, there's, you know, maybe one or two women she had to compete against. I mean, I've, you know, I think it's came a long way, but it's with, with there's still, still a lot more, lot more for us to go to, you know, it's kind of like with these, uh, the, the women's soccer team, you know, like, equal pay equal pay that's great i mean I'm, I'm all about for equal pay but if you don't have those numbers if you don't have those people watching supporting supporting you then how are you know how are you supposed to get paid yeah exactly so but yeah i mean it's it's crazy i see <clears throat> so um you know i see the younger generation now i know um i teach um i help with the kids class i know you help with the kids class too mm-hmm. So uh, what do you think of the younger generation that's coming, that's coming up now? It's absolutely terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. I mean, these kids, the ones that are really taking it seriously, 
and the ones that actually want to be in here training, it shows and they are getting so good so fast. And like, because jujitsu has changed so much, you know, I, I've, I've been training 14 years now and, and just in that 14 years, it's like a whole nother game. And, um, and as well as on the female side of things, you know, when I was a kid, there were, there was maybe one other girl for me to train with in the kids class, you know, and, and then when I moved up to the adults class, I still, I had no women to roll with. So now, you know, our classes, we've got probably 50% girls, 50% boys. And the ones that really care and they really want to do something, they, they're going to be amazing when they get older. I mean, they're already amazing now, you know, and they have the IBJJF now to compete with other kids all around the world. So, you know, they have a lot more opportunities to grow their game, you know, as opposed to, you know, when I was a kid, I had to wait, you know, three, four months to do the next tournament. Now we've got like five tournaments a month. <laughs> so. uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's what well, we just had. Um, What's coming up? Uh, what is coming up for us down this way? Um, uh, grappling industries. Yeah. yeah. And then didn't we, we just had one last month or something? Uh, Naga. Was it Naga? See, I, I can't even keep up. It's, it's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard to keep up since I'm not really um, competing anymore. But yeah, there's like grappling industries. I think Naga's coming back in November. Yep. Is it Naga? Yeah. So it's, yeah, there, there's a lot of, and even when I started competing i think it was like in 2012 2011 2012 um, i remember it was only the good fight and u.s grappling yep that the tournaments that was doing doing here yeah. like i think naga at the time probably came around once a year like around yeah. that time and now it's like two three times a year two more like in maryland real close so yeah, I think I think and uh, I think it's growing. It's little by little by little. It's it's um it's really really growing. So that um that I really like. But yeah, um, so what's in store for you in the uh, for the rest of this year and in the future? I mean, well, what are your goals? Um, my my next big goal is going to be Nogi Worlds in December. So, like, up until then, to help prepare, I'm going to try to do as many IBJJs uh, as I can. Nogi, and then I have a Nogi Super Fight with Toro Cup uh, September 7th. So I'm really looking forward to that. I, I loved uh, doing Toro Cup uh, well, June 15th. It was right on my dad's birthday. It was a really great event. So I'm looking forward to doing that one again. Nice. And, uh, Nogi Worlds, yeah. So You won that last Toro Cup, right? Yes. Yeah, that was that was. Yeah, it was a good uh, match. Um, I won by points in the in the overtime. And I like the Tour Cup. It's always um for charity. Mm-hmm. So I I like what they got going over there. Um, and so um, what do you? Uh, wow. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to cut this part out. Hold on a second. <laughs> you're good. So you're attending TCC. Uh, I actually just graduated. So I graduated with my associates uh, in May, and I'm going to be starting at uh, Old Dominion University in the fall. Oh, what, what's going to uh, what what's going to be your major in? Uh, I'm going to be majoring in biology. So I'm just getting a bachelor's of science uh, with biology as my major, and the end goal is to teach high school. Actually, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I, I, had, 
I have wanted to be a teacher since I was in first grade. I actually found like one of my little journals from first grade and one of the journal entries that day was talk about what you want to be when you grow up. And man, I've, I've wanted to be a teacher since I can remember. And I, you know, everyone always says that too. When I say I want to teach high school, they're like, man, you're crazy or like, good luck, you know? And I think it really depends on the teacher. I did a, I did some observations at my old high school and, you know, it's the same way with teaching jiu-jitsu. If you're passionate about it and you really care about your job, you earn the respect of the students, you know, and then your job is 10 times easier as opposed to the person who comes in and hands out book work and, you know, doesn't really care about, you know, taking their job seriously. Those, those are the teachers that are struggling, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's but some kids are just, I mean, I hate to say it. Some kids are just assholes, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, I, I saw some craziness at my old high school that really blew my mind. I mean, like, kids don't care. And I don't think it's just the kids. You know, it's because – I think it's because the kids and the parents. But, like, kids would be talking back to the teacher, and the teacher will, will say something like, you know, if you keep if you keep doing that, I'm going to have to call your parents. And he'd be like, man, F you, go ahead, call my mama. She's going to tell you to go F yourself too. You know what I mean? Like saying stuff like that to their teachers, these poor, like little 60 year old ladies, like it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Throwing stuff at them. It it was wild. I'm a firm believer that, you know, some kids are just a product of their environment. I mean, you can either flourish from it or, or you don't, but man, you, you see all these videos that's posted up on uh, social media of these these kids trying to fight the teachers and oh my gosh it's, yeah whew, I feel so for you guys I should be good to go I hope I hope kids try, try to fight me ah that's true that's true yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> that's true you know and it's it's funny because I always tell Maggie that like every time um we talk you know and I was just like you choked out a student yet <laughs> yeah right because. <laughs> I'll be the first one to choke out somebody. I don't. Mm, no, no, sir. No, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, are you still? Cause I know before you were training for um, uh, an MMA fight, and then you tore your uh, ACL. So, are you still wanting to get get into um, MMA, or is that yeah, kind of definitely? I so when I tore my ACL, you know, when I first came back from training, I was like absolutely terrified to train again because that was my first like major injury where I had to have surgery and everything and uh so I was really scared to come back to training so you know naturally I went with what I was more comfortable with and I started getting into jiu-jitsu again and um I had my heart set on winning worlds so 110 percent of my efforts was into jiu-jitsu so I could prepare for worlds and then uh my goal was to do worlds, win, and then this summer try to get into the cage and you know focus on Muay Thai a little bit more when I when I get back from worlds. But you know, unfortunately, I didn't win worlds. <laughs> so you know, I'm gonna try Nogi Worlds. Uh, you know, so I'm I really would like to get a world title at Purple Belt. And uh, if if it just doesn't if it's just not my year, you know, then I'll probably get back into Muay Thai and uh try to get in the cage again i want to do at least one mma fight like i love training i love doing muay thai um but you know like punching someone in the face is kind of hard for me so like i don't i don't even mind getting hit like it's not even me getting hit i just 
it's hard for me to get into that zone where I like honestly try to hurt someone. So, you know, I'm definitely going to focus on Muay Thai again after Nogi Worlds. I'll probably do it, you know, over the next few months just to kind of help stay in shape and get a good workout in. But as far as like sparring and stuff like that, I probably won't get into too much until after Nogi Worlds, win or lose. And then I'd like to get in the cage after that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm I'm the opposite. I don't like being hit in the face. <laughs> um, I I mean, before I even did jujitsu, I I trained Muay Thai, and I had a couple of smokers um, since training under um, Coach Dora. But um, yeah, I think my last my last smoker, I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm okay. This I'm okay. This is why I quit Muay Thai because I don't like getting hit in the face. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're like, in a <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I just don't like hitting people in the face. <laughs> just... I don't know. Like I I grew up with Sage always beating me up, my big brother. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel like I I got used to it. <laughs> but the it's kind of cool because you know I I got so comfortable with jujitsu. And I hadn't done Muay Thai for a while. So when I decided I wanted to fight, I was like, all right, I got to get back into Muay Thai. And it was like, you know, being the little white belt again, it was weird. You know, I hadn't done Muay Thai since I was a kid. So it was, it was like weird, but fun to be, you know, on the other side of the, the totem pole there. Yeah, it's, it's always is. Um, so my other question for you would be, who do you look up to? Um, definitely without even thinking about it, my grandpa, for sure. Yeah. I, you know, as far as like, do I want to win worlds? Yes. Do I want to fight MMA? Yes. Do I want to be like successful in life? Yes. But my overall role model is my grandpa because he is so happy. You know, he's 74 years old and still doing what he loves. You know, he's always hanging out with the family and, he he has managed to you know never stop moving and never give up even when his back starts to hurt even when his knees start to hurt he's still in here training and he's he's always taking care of everybody and you know everyone here at the gym loves him like crazy so you know he's definitely who I look up to the most I definitely would love to live a life like he is right now (laughs) yeah I think I think um, a lot of people outside the gym that knows him loves him Loves him also. I mean, um, Professor Ricardo speaks highly of him every chance Man, he gets. You can't, you, know? you can't not. Like him. He's so yeah. awesome. Like, not only is he super badass, but he's so nice and he's always, you know, smiling and giving everyone hugs. And I, like the only negative things I ever hear him say, and it really irritates me, is like about his jujitsu and stuff. Like he thinks he's not good enough because he can't beat these like twenty-five-year-old, you know, uh, dudes, and he's seventy-four. But other than that, he's always smiling and cheering everyone on and, you know, making everybody's day. So, you know, he's, he's amazing. I mean, I think, I think that's everybody's thing, though, when, um, you know, when, you're, when you've been doing jiu-jitsu for such a long time and you're considered a, uh, a higher belt and then here comes – you're older and here comes this 17-year-old flying out of nowhere really quick and next, you know, you're being submitted by him. Yeah, I know. Like, it's it's frustrating, you know. Yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow. You know, I'm learning that now. Believe it or not, Um, we have a a new cat in our gym, and you know, he's he's, I don't know, he's like twenty something years old. He's a wrestler, and and he just flies all over the mat. And here I am with my out of shape self, 
trying to keep up with them. You know, it's yeah. it's hard. Even with um little Sebastian, um Ricardo's son. Yeah. 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 Do you know how I stop him? I sit on him. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> I, I I sit yeah. on that poor boy. <laughs> yes. I, I can definitely see how it'd be frustrating, but at the same time, you know, we always got to remember not to compare, you know, our jiu-jitsu to anyone else, you know, yeah. you got to grow in your own game and, and just keep getting, keep making yourself better, you know, and the people, the people who matter and the people who are, you know, genuine, genuinely good people, whether they can like tap you in a role or not, or beat you in a role are going to respect you for the time that you put on the mat, you know, and, and that you're willing to help them and stuff like that. The people who, you know, come in and just try to destroy everybody and don't care about learning, then, you know, I don't really care if they, you know, beat me and walk out the door. I really don't. Yeah. Because, yeah. Know, they're not getting anything out of it either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're lucky enough to, um, we haven't had that problem yet. Yeah. Usually yes. the people like that don't last long. They come in and do the intro week. They got a yeah. big ego problem and then they get tapped out couple times and they never come back so <laughs> yeah. get pe- tapped out by a girl or get tapped out by a kid yeah yep. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and they're like they're like oh screw this yeah yeah it's 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 very it's you know it's it's a respect thing um but it's it's like what i always say you know that's why in competitions there's age and weight brackets yep you know because yep. there's no way there's no way if me and you were to go be in the same bracket. There's no way I'll be able to beat you. I'm old and slow. I'll probably try to sit on you. <laughs> but you know, but it's that's that's why they say you know the age age and weight brackets, man, age and weight brackets. But I but I think as far as jiu-jitsu, I mean that's everybody. You know, the broken yeah. back, busted knees. I'm I'm glad I haven't tore anything. Um, I know Professor Lana is back. Cause I know she had some knee surgery too. So she's back. She's got it. Her first tournament will be the world's actually. So you probably, you probably will see here. See her. You're going to go cheer on your dad in August. Oh yeah, of course. I'm hoping I'll be able to compete too. Not in worlds, but in the Vegas open the same, same time. So uh, we got a lot of people from our Academy going, but my dad is, he has been working so hard. He's been trying to cut down some weight to get into the, the super heavy, you know, and, uh, hopefully, hopefully this will be his year. So, yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of videos that uh, he's been posting of him working out and stuff. I was like, man, beast mode. Right, he's looking good. <laughs> he's lost like thirty pounds. All my friends are starting to hit me up, talking about how hot my dad is. I'm like, gross, but you know, I'm proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, is Grandpa going to compete too this year? Um, I don't think so this year. Um, he's had you know um uh, some injuries and stuff, so he hasn't been able to train as hard as he wants, but. Um, hopefully next year. It just stinks for him because, you know, we don't really think about it that much. And, and it's understandable to have a, the cutoff for the age, but, you know, the cutoff for the age in the master's division is 65. So, you know, he's going to have, he's, he's got 10 years on pretty much anyone he's going to roll with. Yeah. So, but he still gets in there and he does it. He just, you know, like I said, he gets frustrated and doesn't realize, you know, She's 10 years older than everyone else in there <laughs> and he has to do ultra heavy as well so you know he's he's you know usually you know kind of towards the the smaller end of the ultra heavy yeah yeah i, mean, I think him and betty broadhurst are the yeah. only two older 
people that I know that they compete all the time. Yeah. Um, I competed against Betty the last last tournament, and she's she's tough. Oof. She's tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't I don't think I've ever rolled with her before. I, of course, I've seen you know pictures and posts on Facebook and stuff, but she's tough. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. she's tough. She's strong. She's stronger than she looks. <laughs> she's stronger than she looks, man. <laughs> she's like, I was like, golly, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> she's tough man that's yeah I mean so what's so um, your next tournament is going to be the Worlds or the Toro Cup I mean, okay, um, which well I'm, I'm kind of uh, waiting on some good or bad news about my elbow first I had an MRI on Wednesday <laughs> for my elbow so like at Worlds I got arm barred real good <laughs> um, <laughs> and I noticed like you know, obviously that day it hurt like crazy, but I just figured, you know, it wasn't purple and it was only a little bit swollen. So I rested for a while and then uh, I did Toro Cup and I felt fine. And then two days after Toro Cup, I was in here rolling Nogi. I never had like an instance where I was like, ow, that hurt. But I was like, man, my arm's starting to hurt. So let me rest. And the next morning right. I woke up, my arm was like purple and blue and swollen so I uh, went to go see my orthopedist, and he thinks that I might have, like, partially torn uh, my, like, ulnar ligament. I think that's what it is. So I had my MRI Wednesday, and if it's, like, completely torn, I'll probably need to have surgery, and that'll put me out for a few months. Um, but if it's partially torn or just a sprain or something, I'll just rest and do some physical therapy, and, and I would like to be competing in Vegas in August, and then Toro Cup, and then Nogi Worlds. Awesome, awesome. Those injuries, man, they, they just keep you out. Yeah, it's yeah. tough, but, you know, sometimes, yeah. sometimes people ask, like, you know, why do you keep doing it? Man, I, I love it. It's worth it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they'll just tell them, but just like what keeps me from choking you. I mean. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, honestly, injuries are going to come from any sport you do, mm -hmm. so might as well pick a really, really fun one. Yeah, one that you enjoy, right? Yep. Something that you're passionate about. Awesome. Speaking of sports, did you used to play volleyball in high school? I did. Well, I started in middle school because my mom, like, really wanted me to do a girl sport. She was, like, you know, always talking about how I, I needed to do a girl sport since I quit ballet and all that. And so I was like, whatever, I'll try volleyball. And the first time I ever picked up a volleyball was at middle school tryouts, and I made the team. <laughs> <laughs> and then I played in high school and stuff, and uh, I got to actually go play in Australia. Uh, the year after I graduated, I got um, invited to go down to the Down Under Sports Tournament in Australia. And that was, man, that was so cool. Got to compete against some of the Australian teams and represent the state of Virginia. So that was awesome. That's awesome. Did you get to travel around Australia? Do you see koalas and kangaroos? I did. So, like, I just shared a post on Facebook. My One of my little memories popped up of me getting to hold a koala bear. It was insane. It was yeah. so cool. It was like, I for some reason, it was so fluffy. I was kind of expecting it to be light, you know, like, yeah. like a little like cotton ball kind of thing. But it was like heavy. It was like holding a big, hairy baby. It was so <laughs> awesome. And I, so I stayed on the Gold Coast um, and it was so pretty. I got to see some kangaroos, feed some kangaroos, um, eat, you know, eat some of the food there. That was a little different. They have um, meat pies. It's pretty much like shepherd's pie, but they're, like, really popular there. We got a whole bunch of, like, food coupons to eat meat pies. So, that was cool. so, 
So I stay away from meat pies ever since I saw that movie Sweeney Todd. I I only have seen that movie. Yeah, it's it's so it's a it's a musical. Johnny Depp's in it. It's been out. It's a really really dark movie. They uh-huh. sold they were selling meat pies, but they made the meat pies out of humans. Oh God! No, <laughs> you again. Uh. You're welcome. <laughs> so I have an issue with meat pies. I have an issue with pot pies too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like um, uh, people ask me why I don't eat meatballs, right? And this is gonna sound stupid, but when I was a kid, I saw Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Oh. I don't remember which one it was, but it was the one where Freddie was eating pizza, and it was the Italian sausage, right? At that time, I thought there were meatballs because I'm a kid. I don't know any better. Yeah. And then the like, Italian sausage turned into those the kid's face, and he will poke at it and eat it. <laughs> Man, That's why I eat meatballs. <laughs> I don't think I could go. I could not live if I couldn't eat meatballs. My whole family's <laughs> Italian. My grandpa makes the best meatballs ever. Man, you, you should have came to our uh, Christmas DTC Christmas party two years ago. Everybody bought meatballs. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I think we had like four or five dishes of meatballs, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, that's, that's why you gotta make an event page and post on the page what you're gonna bring, so you don't end up with fifty things of meatballs. Yeah, yeah. So uh, last year, when we made the event page, and you know, when we was talking about it, I was like, "Do not bring meatballs." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't even have one th- the one dish of meatballs. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, it was it was it was super crazy. Um, where do you see yourself um five, ten years from now? Besides um, teaching high school kids and tripping them and choking them. Yeah. Like <laughs> in life in general or like jujitsu wise? In life in general, jujitsu wise. Well, um, I'm like newly engaged, so yeah. married. I saw that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, we're, we're going to be getting married in, uh, 2021. Cause I have to wait till I graduate. Um, right now my school's free and if we get married, it won't be free anymore. So, um, 2021 I'll be married. Uh, we actually, I'm closing on a house, uh, with him tomorrow. So Ooh. I, I, I see myself married. I see myself settled into my new home, you know, getting, getting the career of my dreams. Um, you know, definitely still competing, uh, five years from now, you know, I, I hope maybe I'm getting close to my black belt and and starting, you know, starting the new journey all over. <laughs> right. So are you are you guys going to save a room for Matt space? Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. We, we have like four bedrooms. So the one of one of the bedrooms will definitely be for training. Um, and we're only like two seconds from the gym too. So if we can't get mats right away, you know, I can just always come across the street and, and train. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's awesome. Um, so let's, let's talk about the kids, the kids program. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about, so we have, you know, I've, I've seen, um, these kids compete, like, you know, they're really good. And then you have those kids where, you know, I'm, and I'm not knocking on any of the kids or teenagers or the parents that do this, but um, but we also have those kids that quit school, go to homeschool, eat, sleep, and train, but they're so young. Yeah. Um, you know, so 
I I think that if it's what the I definitely disagree with like dropping out of school altogether to train because you know uh injuries are going to occur and you never know if you're going to get tired of it eventually um so I definitely disagree with like dropping out of school to just train um I definitely think you should always have a backup plan so you know that's why I'm going to college now you know I I could I could just say yeah I'm going to compete I'm going to travel around the world and teach seminars and I'm going to own a gym but if that doesn't work out you know I don't I want to make sure I have something to fall back on so I definitely disagree with dropping out of school um you know I think that if the kid really truly is in love with jujitsu then and and they want to do this and they want to train all the time um then definitely if 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 the family is capable of doing it then 100% do it but I also think on the other hand, sometimes the parents get really, really excited for their kid and they want to see their kid, you know, win the IBJJS, win PANS and be this like monstrous kid. And sometimes the parents don't realize how much pressure it's putting on them and they try to almost live through them too much. And it, it does one of two things. It either makes the kid hate jujitsu or it makes the kid hate their parents. And so I think if the kid doesn't want to do that, if they don't truly want to do that, then I don't think that, that that's a good thing because they're going to end up not wanting to train altogether, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Um, I, I just see these kids, man, looking for sponsorships. I mean, going and doing it, you know, and I, I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's good. But, you know, sometimes I wonder if it's the kid or the parent. Yeah. You know, um, it's just you always got to have a backup plan because you never know, you know, jujitsu. I mean, it's it could be one of them fad sports, you know. Yep. It's, it's good going. It's going strong. It's going strong. And then uh, something happens and everything just falls back. And then yeah. you know, traveling the well, world, being a world champion, trying to make money. Yeah. It's- and another thing I think people don't realize, too, like school sports you know you can really only do up until high school and college if you're lucky jiu-jitsu you have for your whole life you know so there's no need to push this like six seven year old kid to be a monster right now you know what I mean when I was when I was a kid I was training um you know I I, I was still in school I, I was training as much as I could you know I lived in Virginia Beach with my mom and my dad on a gym here in Portsmouth or Chesapeake at the time and I was training probably three four times a week and even that was too much for me you know I wanted to go play with my friends I wanted to make sure I had all my school stuff done I I didn't like the pressure of you know feeling like I always had to win and I and compete and stuff like that and at one point I told my daddy you know I wanted to quit because it was just too much I didn't like I didn't like how much pressure it was putting on me I didn't like how how stress it was making me and you know I was like 10 years old like 10 11 years old so he uh instead of pushing me harder and you know being like no you have to train you're gonna be good at it you have to do it he said you know I don't want you to quit this is important to me and it's gonna be very beneficial to you in life later so you know you can train you gotta train at least once a week and I was like okay once a week doesn't sound too bad you know and then I slowly but surely was like, you know what? I'm tired of like getting promoted slower than everyone else because I wasn't training much and I wanted to be the best in class. And I made the decision that I wanted to be the best, you know, right. so that then I got to say, 
hey, dad, you know, I want to train more. And of course, you know, he he would pick me up and make it happen and, and make sure I could train as much as I wanted to. And then, right. you know, when I turned 15, I got my my first sponsor to firm a kimono company. <laughs> and and you know, I think that getting sponsors to help continue your jiu-jitsu journey is great. I think that as a kid, a teen, or even a young adult, to have sponsors and try to make that your income is another story, you know? So um, I was I was lucky to have DeFirma help me get to pans and get me all this fancy gear and stuff, make sure I'm looking good and feeling good when I'm competing and, you know, help me do the tournaments I could. And it just helped me. It, it wasn't like too much pressure to the point where I felt like I had to do it. It was like, I have this great support system that will help me when I decide to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I like the firma's uh, geese and stuff. I mean, I may be a little biased, but <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. I'm going to be honest, man. It's, it's because when I first started jujitsu, I, I mean, I was wearing those heavy Fuji, was it? Yeah. Fuji yep. geese. And, and they could Waldorf. Like, yeah, yeah, and then you know, and then I came across of um, the from actually it was uh, it was uh, I want to say it was Cameron. Cameron was kept saying you got to go get a defermagi, you got to get a defermagi, yeah. and sure enough, <laughs> you know, and it fits perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah, I love, I love all my geese. I love the micro lights now because they're so so cozy oh, yeah. and light. And uh, they really help with like cutting weight. Oh my gosh! I literally, my old geese probably weighed a total like my gi and belt total was like five six pounds. And the micro light when I weighed in at Worlds, you know, I was cutting down to medium heavy, and my gi was only like three and a half pounds gi and belt. And I was like, thank God, because girl, that half a pound, that pound and a half, that's a big difference. <laughs> that's breakfast. <laughs> Right, right. So, you know, all my so I have like um three Michael Light geese, you know, and it's funny you said that because they're all my competition geese yep. that I have, you know, and I I put it on and it's I don't have to worry about that extra pound. I don't have to be sitting there like oh let me go pee, let me go pee, let me go pee with the yeah. extra, you know. It's I I love it. I love it. You know, right they now it's just, they fit so good i always see like on that women's page like the women's bjj page on facebook people are always like oh you know i'm looking at this gi brand and i need to know which one's gonna fit me the best you know i got i'm kind of thicker in the legs i'm too tall i'm too short and i don't think people realize that like when i comment and say deferma it's because there's like a bajillion sizes for every body style that's what i tell all of our students here when they get our, when they, you know, sign up as members and they're trying to figure out what gi to get, I'm like, man, go with the firma if you want a gi that's gonna fit and last and look amazing. So, yeah, um, they, they have thirty different sizes. I think the biggest one he made was an A, A8. Was it? <laughs> it was an A8 or an A7. And I have, I actually have the picture on my Facebook somewhere. When I find it, I'll, uh, I'll share it with you. But um. Me and Professor Nicole could fit it. <laughs> I was on one end, Professor Nicole was on the other end. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like the hug me jacket. <laughs> and it was just the top and it was and it was down to our legs. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, like, I was like, I don't know who you made this for, but dang. I know. Well, you know what? And those people are gonna appreciate it. Big people and tiny people, because 
there's nothing worse than trying to train in a gi that's like too tight in one spot and too long in one spot and too baggy in one spot. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I can't say enough about the Firma gear models. It's the best gear I ever had. You know, in fact, I I only got the Firma gears. <laughs> yeah. So we were talking about gears and stuff, and it made me think uh, about like no gi and everything. I didn't realize that IBJJF had rules for what kind of underwear we can wear for no gi. Did you see that? Are you serious? No. We can't wear thongs in no gi, so we got to wear like tight spats. And big giant underwear, I guess. I like when I saw that, I was so confused. Like, I I didn't understand what the point of it was. But yeah, they have a rule against what kind of underwear you have to wear for probably JJS and Nogi. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird because I mean we can't wear shorts. We have to wear um what leggings, spats. Yeah, well, like you can wear. I think that you can wear like fight shorts. Uh, they just have to be IBJJF, uh, IBJJF approved, but even so, like I prefer to wear spats, and you know, in order to wear spats comfortably, you have to wear, you know, a thong pretty much. And yeah. they, that, that's illegal. I didn't know that. I've been competing illegally then because that's wow. all I competed in. Thought that was so stupid. Man, I'm gonna have to like go on their website and start reading the rules. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. I had a bunch of students doing their. They're doing their first IBJJF uh, in DC this weekend and they were asking me a couple different things about the rules and I was going through the rule book and sure enough found out some some new fun things I had no idea about what about no underwear because it was no you have to wear something you can't so, they, so, you, you, ha- you have to wear you have to wear underwear but it can't be a certain kind of underwear it's a certain kind of, yeah so I could tell you a funny story it was uh wow I believe it was in Atlanta I was I was I was competing as a blue belt and this is this is actually one of the first tournaments that I actually started winning because every tournament I went to, I lost like the first match, and I cut. I had to cut weight. I was overweight, you know. It was just I ended up cutting weight, and I was just like, "Well, I need to make weight." I literally took my sports bra off. <laughs> I took my sports bra off. I went and competed and won. <laughs> yeah. you know i mean i had like wait i had my rash guard underneath but i took my it was odd oh, <laughs> it was odd but it was just one of them things where i really needed to make weight so i literally took my sports bra off and competed and won so I'm that was I mean, you know, I mean, hey, right? <laughs> you, do what you, you do what you gotta do as long as people don't know <laughs> exactly right yeah. So do you see yourself um taking over your dad's gym or opening your own gym? Um so like right now I run the academy. I like I run all the desk stuff, like management stuff, money stuff, um client stuff. So right now I'm I'm kind of like helping with the family business and honestly I don't think I don't know. One of my goals is not to open a gym. But if I could do it, you know, I think it would be cool. I just know from experience now that, you know, when you have to put so much time into the business side of things, it sometimes takes away from focusing on training, you know? So like I, sometimes I'll be working for two, three hours before I have to train and and teaching classes and running the desk and dealing with new clients. 
And then I got to train. And at, at that point, I'm already like over it. You know, I'm already like ready to go home. I don't feel like doing anything. But, yeah, you know, I think it's awesome. Like my dad has got the ticket. He's like doing what he loves every day. And this is his living, you know. So, yeah, um, I think that it would be cool, too. Um, but I definitely would need like a partner. So like if I did open a gym, it would probably be with my dad or, or taking over his side of the business or something like that. That way it wouldn't just be on me to, to run the place. You know, I would need someone that could take over when I need to take training seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like, sounds like a plan. I mean, it's always good to have a, a partner and, and I think um, there's not enough gyms out there where it's women only you know women own like you know i mean even even the gyms that are uh opened by a female they usually have uh, male partners you know and a lot of people and i i think that just goes with the territory with the community because you know it's like what we said before i mean women jiu-jitsu females you know it's just not big enough yeah yeah and and i could definitely see how because of how things are nowadays, a, a dude who walked into a gym that was women owned and there was a, a female instructor, whether she's a black belt or not, is probably going to go try to find somewhere else. Honestly, that's just how it is, you know? So. Uh, that's, that's exactly how it is. And they, you know, the sport people, like especially the new ones, they're still, they don't understand that you can learn from everyone. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, whether it be a female, a male, um, a kid, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've, I learned so much when I roll with the teenagers, I learned so much from them. Yeah. It's just, you know, that's why they say you got to put your egos aside, Yeah, you know? So, but yeah, um, I guess, you know, thanks for talking with me. I'm going to, um. I know you're busy. You got a a lot of things on your plate. <laughs> Get ready to train yep. and stuff. You know. So uh, thanks for t- uh, thanks for talking with me and stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'll see. I'll see you. I'll definitely see you later on. Uh, whenever I can't even I can't even say because I don't even uh, train on open mats or on Saturdays because I have like I have like an adult job now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have an adult job now. It's it's crazy being an adult. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning. You know, you know I, I take back everything I said when I was a kid. You know, I can't wait to be an adult. I want to go be back again. Yep. So it's, it's crazy. All right. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm, thank you. You have an awesome day. Okay. Um, I'll be, you know, good luck in the world and at Toros. I'll be cheering for you. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.